Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 92, recorded on June 18th, 2018. I'm your host, Matt Lyons, and in this week's episode, we'll be talking about Carlos Carrasco's lack of elbow damage, um, Corey Kluber and the potential for him to get slimed live on stage, um, the bullpen not being completely terrible, the AL Central being completely terrible, and the possibility of Mike Napoli coaching in Cleveland, maybe? Maybe playing, hopefully not, but just coaching? Um, joining me as always to talk about all that and more is of course, Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, how you doing? Um, pretty good. I just ate some fried chicken. So, you know, I feel like I should be in, uh, Terry Francona's, uh, clubhouse. Hey, <laughs> that is a, I was, I was going to say aged reference, but it just seems like so long ago he's on the Red Sox, but <laughs> I know, right. It was, what was it? 2011 or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah, he when he a... was like the bad coach because he did that? And... Yeah, and he took a sabbatical on, on, on ESPN and Fox Sports and was the best color <laughs> analyst ever and just showed how embarrassingly bad uh, Tim McCarver was when he, when he took that, what, the ALCS off. <laughs> yeah, I do not came. want Tito to go anywhere, but when he does, I'm very excited for him to be in a booth somewhere, anywhere, mm-hmm. talking about baseball. Because even his post-game conferences I watch all the time are... Oh, they're great. His really voice is the best. Sounds like he's chewing on something all the time because he is a combination of gum and, and red man. But, oh, but even man, when he's, he's not, it just sounds like it. What a delight. <laughs> I'm great, though. Thanks for asking. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll start. I mean, the most obvious thing to talk about um, is Carlos Carrasco, the human baseball magnet. Took another one off the elbow. I was going to look up how many times he's been hit, but I didn't get a chance to. I know it's at least, um, this is the oh. second time in like two weeks he's been hit by the Twins. This will be the second time he's gone to the DL um, in the last, what is it, three years from getting hit by a pitch. Um, but he took a comebacker off the elbow, off Joe Maurer, of all people. I hate that guy. Um, it was initially called a contusion. They just said it was he was going to put him on the 10-day 10 DL, I guess, just a precaution, just to make sure. Um, he had an MRI, t- MRI today. There was no structural damage. Not even a contusion in his elbow, so he just got hit. It spilled up a little bit, and apparently he's going to be fine. Um, I'm kind of... I don't know if there's really a reason to be, but I'm always a little concerned the Indians are going to rush people back now just out of the coincidences of the past. But um, how do you feel about Carrasco? And I guess the the lineup as a whole, now that he's going to be out at least for 10 days, maybe a I little mean, shorter, but well, I guess it's at least 10 days no matter what. But right. Well, this is just how the, the Indians rotation always has to be, right? There's always going to be two ace-level pitchers and then one guy who's always kind of injured and then the third guy who's like, would be an ace on a lot of other teams, but it's pretty good. And then some, uh, some, some whatever to fill out the rest. The good news is this whatever may in fact be Shane Bieber. I hate to bring up this quickly, but I am going to miss Carlos Carrasco. I have said on our Slack channel before, I've said on this podcast before, I've written before, he's my favorite pitcher of the collection of talent the Indians have in their starting rotation right now. Um, he's been not as great this year, which has been kind of a bummer, but the good thing about Carlos Carrasco is when he's not good, he's in a, he's merely an above average pitcher. And the fact that he's their fourth best pitcher right now when he's still scuffling and hasn't quite figured it out, that's good news. So they're going to miss him, obviously. Uh, no, I don't, I don't understand why baseball's going hitting him. Maybe he has something to do with Boy, that'd be an interesting study to do, huh? Like, like does the location and spin of a, of a certain pitcher's repertoire lead to more batted balls up the middle or not, or in a certain direction. I mean, they always say that, that a pitcher should be able to pitch a guy into the shift, you know, like, like th- there's two parts to shifting on a guy. There's moving the defenders, but also throwing balls that will hit him that way. But yeah, does, does Carrasco somehow throw in such a manner? So it's, 
baseballs come straight back at him all the time. I don't know. I would imagine you couldn't measure that like directly to the pitcher, but you could do like up the middle and um, like to either side and how well he or how he pitches because there's very clearly something unless it's just a lot of coincidences that he gets hit so many times. I mean, what? I, I, and I don't even have an answer for this. What are the pitches that they've, these have all been too? You know, like are they all? Has it always been his twelve six curve, which would make sense because it's falling straight down, or has it always been? I don't know something else. Who knows? Uh, we could find out. Honestly, we could do the research and look at the four. Yeah, we're gonna end this podcast now and delete the VOD uh, so we can nobody steals this idea. And we can make an article out of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everyone, shut up! I'm, I'm doing. I'm writing a book now on on, <laughs> on getting your own pitchers hit. Uh, I don't know. He's. It is amazing. It keeps on happening, though. Yeah. I mean, I I know it's so often, especially with injuries like this. Like I hate in sports when a guy starts getting uh, called injury prone, when like he hurts his foot and then his like arm and then his chest and then his other foot. Like these, and they're all freak accidents. Like these are all calling Carlos Carrasco injury prone is like saying it's ridiculous because he had Tommy John surgery and then he broke his and, and then he got hit by a baseball and then other stuff. So. Yeah, that was kind of the sucks. Michael Brantley thing too, is that it was like a shoulder, then a separate arm issue, and then an ankle. And baseball's hard on the body; it just happens. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing to think it is, but yeah, it's a lazy fat man sport. But it's it's I don't know. It's all the bursts of energy, I suppose. Well, it's hard to imagine that it's it's hard on the body until you you have a dog and you haven't thrown a ball in a long time. And you play fetch and then you just throw it as hard as you can a couple times and then your arm is on fire already. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then you realize, oh wait, this is actually really hard. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, you go and play catch with a friend of yours after you know two years off, and all of a sudden you can't lift your arm for two days. Whoops. <laughs> well, see, for dogs, they have this nice thing. It's called a. Oh, what is it called? It's, it's called, called a chucker. dog brings it back. Is that what it is? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's called a chucker. It like extends your arm. Your um, what is it? No, that? I know of it. Yeah, it. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, yeah, those are great. You just sit down lazily and throw it, and there's oh, zero workout in that. It's the only good reason for it. So. Turns you into a ton, into a little human trebuchet. It's very <laughs> yes, nice. Exactly. Very nice. <laughs> but as you mentioned about um, the rotation, it's it's. I mean, it wouldn't even be. It wasn't Kluber and Carrasco this year before he got hurt. It was Kluber and Bauer. It's like the the rotation's a Sith. There can always only be two. <laughs> There's always one who goes down one way or the other. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's we're just nice really lucky that Bauer stepped up, and it's gonna in a way. I mean, this is not better than having Carrasco in the lineup or the rotation, obviously. But it's gonna give Bieber and Plutko their chance to audition separately without having to rotate them in and out. I guess depending on how many starts he misses. So maybe it'll help figure out the number five starter down the road a little easier. I don't know, but. Um, are you worried about the Indians specifically bringing him back too soon, or do you think it doesn't really matter because it's just his arm got hit and he's fine now? I'm not too aware of what a contusion is. There's a bunch of different words that you use in sports, and I'm like, bursitis. Yeah, that's a thing. I don't know. <laughs> well, they said it wasn't even a contusion. Right. Oh. Like so a contusion, it's even if it's, if I don't it's know a bruise, it it's a really deep bruise. But it wasn't even that. He just got hit and swelled up. And that was it. Nah, he'll be fine. I mean, again, we, we've talked about this before. The Indians are... In, are in a situation where they can, they still have, they have wiggle room because the rest of the division is trash. I mean, ignore what happened this past weekend uh, against the Twins, but the rest of the division is just shitty. I mean, didn't the Twins just send Miguel Sano down to single A? <laughs> yes. That did happen, yeah. right? I, yeah. That wasn't a fever dream I had. Okay. <laughs> well, it was high A. There's a very big difference there. 
man, low A baseball is the best. I would love to see, because I, I went to a lot of Lexington Legends games, the, the low A affiliate of the uh, Kansas City Royals when I was living in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Watching Miguel Sano abuse those poor young boys would be the, <laughs> oh, my God. Those 19-year-olds are throwing 89 miles an hour with no movement. Oh, my God, he'd kill it. <laughs> now I need to see everything. this. Yeah. Uh, but, no, yeah, I mean, again, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm excited for because we're going to get to see more of Shane Bieber who comported himself very well in his second start. Uh, he was flashing a curveball that did not really seem to appear as much in his first start. I don't know whether nerves, what have you. So this about Bieber. His walk numbers are a bit higher than I expected. Uh, 1.6 for 9 seems a little high. I don't know, man. <laughs> really sky high for Shane Bieber. It's ridiculous. I mean, but, he's, been uh, pretty impressive. he's not like – I can't think of who would come out of the gate before as a pitcher, but I mean that's you can't ask for much more with your first two starts yeah. when you're this like twenty two or twenty three. This is what it's supposed to look like. This is what a rookie pitcher looks like. I mean, he's right. you know, again, it's only eleven innings. He's given up more hits than you'd like. He throws a lot of strikes. That's gonna happen. I I mean he needs to figure out how to actually pitch rather than just pound the zone, because that, that'll get you all the way to the majors and then you get abused by guys who can still crush ninety four on the black, but yeah. Between that and and I'll be honest with you, Matt, kind of that energy for the whole Adam Plutko experience here. <laughs> that was a very short ride. It was one of those kiddie roller coasters where it goes up, comes down, done. Oof. You know, I mean, <laughs> I'm ready to coast through. No, it's it's. Never, but I mean, the, the, my biggest worry there is on the other end of the of Adam Plutko is one of two things: Josh Tomlin or Ryan Merritt. Now. Do I want my Ryan Merritt jersey to maintain its relevance? Yes. Yes, I do. Even though it's from three years. It's a uh, spring training number. Not even his real number anymore. Doesn't matter. Uh, but I don't know if he – I mean, again, unless he can somehow morph into Kyle Hendricks, I just don't think he has a long career in baseball. That said, I think that's possible now. I wrote about it a couple of weeks ago. Remember when I wrote about – Trevor Bauer potentially changing the game, as it were, with his use of those hyper slow mo cameras and stealing pitches from guys. I, again, I don't understand if he can do that. And Adam Adam Ottavino can turn into one of the best relievers in baseball just by doing that. I don't know why Ryan Merritt can't figure out what the hell Kyle Hendricks is doing and then go from there. I suppose. I'm sure they could at some point, but I'm I don't know how much work that actually. I know on our end, it's just oh, just watch them film and do it like Trevor right. does, but. I can imagine how much time he spent, like in the off season, and even in his off days, just constantly watching and adjusting the littlest right. things. And and like Ottavino rented out a, I don't know what it was, an abandoned storefront in Brooklyn somewhere, and learned one pitch, and it took him all winter. And again, I I, I recognize that it's difficult, but but still, I think yeah. it's possible if you're on the fringe and could right. potentially become Trevor Bauer or just be Josh Tomlin. Right. I mean, if you if you can make the leap from Josh Tom from a Josh Tomlin to a Kyle Hendricks, that's it, and it, it's going to take hard work. Again, then this is a thing I've thought about for a while. Realistically, in baseball, there's guys who just do it as a job and who just don't. Well, you know, we're good enough. I think Adam Dunn was a perfect example of that. A man who reached a, a plateau, lived on that plateau for a while, and then finished walking across that plateau and fell off very hard off the <laughs> other end of that plateau. Yeah. So it's just, I mean. You can make it to the majors and just hang out in the majors for a while. And you, you, if you play for ten years, and you get a sweet pension, and then you retire, and it's great. But <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, it'd be nice to think these guys try and be, try and do what Trevor Bauer has visibly done before our eyes, which is morph themselves from a interesting prospect to a Cy Young caliber pitcher. I lost my I lost the thread there, but 
you know, whatever. <laughs> it's basically just be Trevor Bauer is what we're telling everybody. Not his well, off the fields. Be his pitcher. Work staff. hard. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, that's it. <laughs> we're we're sitting here talking about how we can't throw a baseball, telling pitchers to work hard. I ate a bunch of fried chicken a couple hours ago. Man, it was great. <laughs> Did you slackers work a little harder? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> so very important baseball story, Merritt. Um, Corey Kluber, pretty much out of nowhere, is nominated for a Kids' Choice Award. Um, not just any Kids' Choice Award, the Kids' Choice Award for sports, which started in 2013, which I was not aware was a thing. Um, so it was just a whole awards show for sports, or is it a single award uh, within the greater construct of the Kids' Choice? What? <laughs> it is a... Oh, man, you can't go back with this stupid thing. Oh. So it's it's the Kids' Only- Choice Awards, and there's a bunch of different... Um, categories there's king of swag merit there's there's queen of swag there's best canon these are all like who are, who are nominees? Cool kids names so for which one <laughs> obviously king of swag when i care about <laughs> well, the I'll go back here. in a minute because the way their their awesome vote system works it like tracks where you are and it goes forward but i'm at best canon right now that's their very vague definition so the kids these days can vote um so cory kluber is up against aaron Rodgers, clayton kershaw Dak prescott justin verlander and Russell Wilson, which before we get into any of it, it doesn't matter. It's going to be a football player. I mean, I appreciate they put the baseball players on here, even though they very obviously just took the last two Cy Youngs and also Justin Verlander. Um, I don't think they put a whole lot of thought into who was going to be the baseball arms for this one. I mean, it's as good as Max Corey Kluber is, there. he's not a cannon. Yeah, right. I would have Max Scherzer over Corey Kluber. <laughs> I never think of Kluber having a cannon. He's just a great pitcher, but... Yeah, if anyone has a cannon on the team, it's Bauer. Like, damn. Yeah, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers who wins. So who really cares? But <laughs> in all these categories, it's whoever the football player is will win. But wasn't Rodgers injured all last year too? Was it two years ago? Kids don't care. The kids these days, Merritt. They kids don't care. these days don't pay attention to what's <laughs> real on the field, huh? The guys who really put it out there, not these namby pamby fancy boys like Aaron Rodgers <laughs> on their high horse up in flashy old Green Bay. You know, they're not really. Right in flashy right green bay in the grit in los angeles like Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> under those lights that are so hot and make you all sweaty oh up there in the ravine while <laughs> he's in wisconsin in his nice breeze yeah you know it's a nice cool wind off that <laughs> lake you know it never gets more than about 75 and the black flies come in off the uh, black flies are more of a main thing what kind of bugs do they have in, in wisconsin <laughs> horrible big bugs know. probably <laughs> I'm sure they do because it's Wisconsin. They have horrible big everything. Uh, <laughs> Even the beers are nice and big, and the bratwurst, same thing. Not horrible at all. <laughs> but it was our own. Has Tyler Tom Hamilton called it? God. What? What's that? Has what? Oh, oh Tom, Tom Hamilton. Hamilton once called Wisconsin God's country. Oh, of course he did. He's called it everywhere it was, God's country. I'm sure. Well, it's during a broadcast because uh, he has a house up there because he's from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, during a Twins broadcast, I believe. Mm-hmm. Twins Indians, of course. So the Kluber thing was found by by own Tyler Griffith. He wrote the post on it, um, and he also noted that uh, there's a couple omissions here for the Indians. We both said Corey Kluber clearly not best cannon. Who cares? He's not going to win. But I mean, kick him swag. How do you not do Jose Ramirez there? I mean, just mm. the way he carries himself, the the angry look at the plate. He's mm. he's got these great gifts of like his glasses. His hair is great. And then there's one called Hands of Gold. And Francisco Lindor is not on I was going to say Edwin Encarnacion, but yes, go on, yes. <laughs> First base. Uh, what is it? Gold Glove winner 
Edwin Encarnacion, is that who you're talking mm-hmm. about? Yes. <laughs> Wait, so who are the Hands of Gold? So it's not even a base. Oh, Nolan Arenado is the Hands of Gold. The oh, no, that, 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 that's fair. No, he's great. No. But, but <laughs> that's joking. it, really? And then they have Antonio Brown, Danny Amendola, Julio Jones, Matty Rooney, and Pecorino. What are you doing with the goalies on there? Who? No, Wait. they don't count. What was that second to last one? Maddie Rooney, the U.S. Women's National Ice Hockey Team. Oh, Maddie. You know, the Maddie Rooney. All oh, right, I heard Matty with two T <laughs> with two T's. I was like, sound like Wayne Rooney's brother. <laughs> Too many handballs. He played <laughs> soccer. What's going on here? It's like Bradley Zimmer. You can't just call him Brad or Matt. It's got to be Matty or Bradley. There is no well, personal names here. If you're British, you have to be Matty because you can't just be Matt. People are named Matt in Britain. You have some weird name like Matty. Oh, there's also a need for speed category, which that could be Bradley Zimmer. That could be Bradley Zimmer. He just goes as fast as he can until a wall shows up. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> See, now in this, they have Jimmy Johnson and Kyle Bush, which is bullshit. They're in a car. They don't get. Yeah, they're not moving not at all. Count. They're they sitting. Kyle the Bush is not time. fat. I will race you, Kyle Bush. I won't race I have, him. I have not run since high school, but I will race you. I went for a run yesterday. My knee hurts, so I can't really run. <laughs> I will outcrawl you. <laughs> Leave your I will shuffle home. much quicker than you. <laughs> That's a very important baseball. I will turn right. Podcast. You'll never catch me. <laughs> Kluber's not going to win it, but it's fun that he's nominated. I want to see him. I don't know. Do they still slime people for these things? I don't know. I never had Nickelodeon. You never watched Nickelodeon? What is wrong? No, I didn't have it. I oh, did you watch PBS? And... Yeah, I watched oh, You were PBS. one of those kids? Oh. Yeah. No, no, I watched it. I watched Fox cartoons like the Mystic Knights of Tiernanog, <laughs> Gargoyles. That? that was a that's a made up name, Merritt. That the is Mystic the Whitmer field of cartoons. Listeners, go look up the Mystic Knights of Tiernanog <laughs> and King Arthur and the Knights of Justice. Two of the great Tiernanog. Tiernanog. That, that is T-I-E-R-Nanog. not a word. <laughs> look it up. Look it up. It's real, and it was shoddy at best. <laughs> It was a tear in a nogi at best. It was fine. Look at it. It was fine. <laughs> I watched all two seasons. <laughs> so our bullpen merit. Um, the Indians bullpen. It's not our bullpen. We don't own uh, it yet. My not bullpen. Yet. We're not yet. We're getting there. Already. <laughs> but the Indians TV. bullpen, surprisingly not completely, totally, awfully awful. Oh. Um, over the last 14 days, 11th in ERA in the AL. Which, considering they were on a pace for the record worst ever, that's not too bad. The AL, there's only 15 teams. It's not bad considering the pace they were on. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a 2.41 ERA. I mean, it's not... That's not bad. Bullpen, I mean, it's it's over 33 innings, so it's really wonky. But but only two walks, eight strikeouts an inning. Neil Ramirez, Mm. um, take another victory lap if you want. Six innings, no earned runs for him. Josh Tomlin, ace reliever, 3.1 innings, no earned runs. No thanks. <laughs> the only weak point has been Tyler Olson, who is on the DL now, which I don't know if he's actually injured or it was just a get away from us injury. But no more left-handers. That's, I think that's <laughs> what we've decided on. We, we just don't do them anymore. But is this merit or is this merit? Is this it merit? Is this our effective? Is the bullpen back now to to being something at least, where the the Indians can put some people out there and not be cut through like butter? Well, it's like I talked about last week, right? I mean. Everything's going to tack back to some something resembling average, but I mean, if this is it, then oof, I don't know, man. <laughs> I wrote what last week. I guess wrote about Cody Allen. He really the peripherals are not happy looking around him, but I mean, they're they're showing up, and the ball, you know, baseball being the way it is, the ball is going to find a glove more often than not. So you're going to 
at least luck into some happy sequencing. I mean, you mentioned in the pre-plan of the show, Oliver Perez, a pitcher who I have mixed feelings about at best. Growing up in the Northeast, I listened to a lot of New York Sports Talk Radio, and if there was ever a more hated relief pitcher than Oliver Perez in the last decade in Flushing, Queens specifically, I can't think of one because <laughs> Mets fans hated Oliver Perez. And it poisoned my view of him. Uh, that said, he's having a very, very nice little uh, start to his Indians career. Yeah, we can actually so, take so that you the the what you're talking about now is the email from somebody we got. Was that what it was? Yeah, which smartly he emailed me and not the SBN. Let's go try it at gmail.com because I still haven't checked that. I think it's been months now. So if you've emailed that, I'm very sorry. But it's Dude, what if they're sending gifts? <laughs> Do you know how annoying it is to switch email accounts, Mayor? That's like four clicks. Let me tell you something. I have to use Skype on my wife's computer, and it auto-loads her in first, so I have to exit, and then I forget my password, so oh, then I have, the to get, I have to say, forgot pass. anyway. Life is hard. Why don't these athletes just work a little harder? You know, just <laughs> learn a whole new thing. Huh? Change everything about what you've done for the last 25 years of your life in 20 days. Do it now. <laughs> So this email, it was Alex Orlando, which is definitely not Alexio Gondo's alternate email name. Um, <laughs> he said, hey, Matt and Mayor, I love the podcast. What do you guys think of Oliver Perez? You can I, stop at love the podcast. Thank <laughs> you very much. That was the whole email at the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I definitely like him better than Olsen, but Tito seems to have complete confidence in him. Um, there's another question we'll answer in a minute, which I like. But um, So Tyler, I mean, so you just hate him now because Mets yep. fans hate him? Yeah, no, yeah, just so many calls, so many calls, just tearing into him, just viciously tearing into poor Ali Perez. I'm sure he's fine. He seems to throw hard and not walk people so far in seven innings, no walks. So I'll take it. If he's going to be a successful pitcher, if this is our Mark Zetchinsky this year, if this is our Jeff Manship, fine. I'm not going to be happy about it because I'm just not. I'm not going to like Oliver Perez. He's it's too much of a history of people just being angry and calling into Mike Frances and yelling. I'm pretty sure but, Neil Ramirez is Jeff Manship this year, isn't he? Are uh, we going to try to do that twice? Is that we're going for two Jeff Manships in one year? I don't know. We'll see about <laughs> Neil Ramirez. You you watch him and you just you just, just kind of poop yourself a little bit as it's happening, <laughs> but then it works out okay and you feel okay because I mean his numbers are oh, Jesus. I don't know. The strikeouts are there, but the walks are there too, and the home run two home runs in twelve innings like that's not a great number. Yeah. Is then, that good? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't like the no earned runs is all I care about right now. I mean, I I'm sure the peripherals matter, and I I, mean, I know they do. But considering how bad the bullpen was, if they can do, right. if they walk a million people and only allow a couple of runs, I'll take it right now. Right. No, exactly. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, these guys maybe they're learning too to lean on the defense that's behind them. Yeah. Uh, that could be a thing. I, both of them came at at some point or other from the Mets. Both and at neither point did those Mets teams have a good infield. Neil Ramirez last year. Perez years ago now. I think whenever that was, we're out of the death spiral of the bullpen being bad and Terry Francona making bad decisions because the bullpen's bad, and then the bullpen being bad because of Terry Terry Francona's bad decisions. Like I think we've finally pulled out of that at least, so now it'll just be a regular bad bullpen. I mean, where, it needs to get back healthy. Obviously, obviously, oh, yeah. Nate Miller back, and I still don't like watching Cody Allen pitch anymore after looking into his numbers too deeply. But again, that could rectify itself. That could maybe this is a bad stretch. You look at numbers like fielding independent pitching, it's really high. 426, not happy. But his walk numbers are really high because he, he walked a lot of people earlier in the season. Yeah. So things, things could shake out. We'll see. I don't know. 
it's so, not something I'm happy about. It's still definitely the, the major weakness of the team, and it's definitely something that once the seventh inning starts, you go, oh, no, as it begins. <laughs> so, Even when Miller comes back, there's going to be he's, – he's lost a little bit of trust. A little of the yeah. old – he gets the heart going now. <laughs> I mean, no, exactly. Outings, but. If, I mean, if he's fully healthy, then fine. But he's going to take, what do you think, four outings, five outings at least – before you feel confident about him, and that's five outings is over the span of ten games, so that's two weeks of Andrew Miller where you're just not feeling happy, and that's not great. And not having Olson too. I mean, say what you will about Olson not being able to throw ninety. He's a great reliever. He throws amazing pitches. His the, the break he gets on his slider is absurd. It's and the fact that he throws it in like seven different arm angles helps too. So. I think that that is a detriment to him because it seems like every time he drops down, he gives up a hit. I swear, this 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 must be sample size and we're just noticing it. But it seems like every time he drops, it seems like it happens to Rich Hill too. So I don't know. Maybe it's a bad thing. But <laughs> I like I think it's neat. I like guys who just throw filth like that. But yeah, I don't know. I don't, maybe it's not a good thing. That's all I'm saying. So I think all we're saying is that athletes need to try a little harder and coaches listen, need to coach a little better. Listen, just... coaches, can you just say all the right words? Can you just, you know? <laughs> there you go, just like that. Works perfect. So something else that's fun. Um, very fun to watch, Mary. I don't know if you've enjoyed. I know you've enjoyed it because you just wrote about it. Um, the great, fantastic American League Central. The heart of baseball. Um, that's why it's the Central. It's right there. It's the heartland, heart. baby. <laughs> Yeah. Indians are 37 and 33, um, leading two and a half games over the Tigers. By the way, the Tigers are 10 and a half games Wait, back of the wild what? card. <laughs> There's an eight game gap between leading the AL Central and having a chance at the wild card, which the Tigers are currently facing. Um, Indians would be third in the AL East, fourth in the AL West. It's not great. They have a plus 21 run differential. The Royals have a negative 136. There's all kinds of fun little awful, Wait, awful what? stats about the AL Central. Boy, the Royals are garbage. Those are all real things, by the way. <laughs> None of you that was made up. For a weeks and you go, holy crap, they're in the pit. <laughs> the Royals Ooh. are real bad, and I love it. There's, there's no other team I'm happier to see struggle right now than the Royals. Of course, Whit Merrifield is their, be- their best two players. Five friends have ever replacement are Whit Merrifield and then Kelvin Herrera. <laughs> and Who's then also man- not there anymore. Brad Keller, Mike Moustakis. Oh, Lord. Wait, did they trade Kelvin Herrera? They just did today, yeah. That is who got – oh, my God. <laughs> but remember, you can't trade for a lever. Nobody does that until July, Merritt. No, it's the rules. You're not Absolutely allowed to do can. it at all. There's no way the Indians can or could have traded for, I don't know, Kelvin Herrera or somebody else. At hand, none of these guys. None of these guys are available right now. Brad <laughs> Keller. Wait, is Brad Keller the – wait a minute. What? Sorry, I was just looking at all these. Yeah, Brad Keller is – Two of the three best players in the Royals are relievers. Ooh, that's a sign of a bad team. <laughs> that's kind of a hint that you're not doing great, but Ooh. but they know it and they're they they're tanking essentially. But I guess we haven't talked about that before. The difference between tanking and just not building a great team. And I, I think the Royals are on the not. I mean, sometimes you just get bad players and then you draft poorly and then you're just shitty. Like sometimes that just happens, and I right. think that's what's happening with the Royals right now. They're just bad. Like. You can tank all you want, and there's a visible thing of that happening. You look – I mean, again, the Orioles, I don't – see, the Orioles are an, are an interesting case like the Royals in that they have never really demonstrated a, an aptitude for developing players. And I know the Royals won a World Series a couple years ago, but I almost felt like that was despite themselves, you know? 
Like they had these guys who are top, top, top flight prospects who ended up being pretty good, and they never really ended up with like a super duper star out of any of these top these top uh, draft picks. Which you look over to the Astros, who did do just that. I don't know. It's weird, yeah. And then, Orioles, I mean, same thing. Can't develop a pitcher to save their life. And then when they get pitchers who are developed, they ruin them immediately. <laughs> well, the Orioles are just so far behind in like everything. How don't they sound like by far the least amount of international prospects? Like they don't even bother scouting or yeah, they're just no, such a backwards organization that everything you know. about them. They have a terrible owner. They have a terrible front office. I mean, again, I like Buck Showalter. I like Dan Duquette well enough. They they put together some good teams. You can't say that they haven't been successful in what they've done. But then they just do things like spend all that money on Chris Davis. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they knew Manny Machado was going to be facing free agency in two years. There was no way to know that that was going to happen. And they also stole Anthony Santander. So I'm still a little bitter at the Orioles. I have not I forgiven know. them over that. I mean, <laughs> Which I don't know. Is he is he bad? He might be bad. Yeah, he's, he might be bad. Is he real bad? That's sad. I, I saw him play back in uh, like May or something or April oh, when dude. I went down there to see the, uh, Ooh, see the mighty truck. Yeah, he's no, he's real bad. <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's on that team right now. I don't know how he's doing down in the minors, but uh, <laughs> but then again, he's twenty three, and he was only in Double A when they drafted him, and then stuffed him on the disabled list so they could keep him, and just started right. the rules of the Rule Five draft. So screw them. You know what? Because <laughs> at this point, I don't think they have to give him back no matter what. He's been on the roster long enough. So Let's see. you enjoy he's... your player that you ruined, Orioles. Did I see him play? I went down to a Bowie game not too long ago. Interesting. He's not hitting well down there. Interesting. <laughs> no, he is not. Ooh, well, baby. Well, I mean, he jumped to the majors. He was on the disabled list forever. He didn't play for a long time. And then he did, probably didn't play longer because the Orioles just wanted to keep him on their roster without using him. So right. they've but anyway, probably essentially ruined the poor guy. But see, like, if you look at the standings right now, you wonder about what team. You know some teams that are tanking. The White Sox are tanking. Well, see, so what I was going to bring up. Well, like, the Tigers, I think they're trying to tank. So you think they're actively trying not to win? Right. 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 The Marlins, same thing. The Mets just suck. The Reds trying not to win. Um, Padres. But see, like then you have a team like the Rangers. The Rangers, who had, a couple years ago had like the best farm team in baseball, and then they just all fell into a big old pit of garbage, and now they're terrible, and it's too bad to see. Just a big they old play, pit. They played on that team that I really like, man. Like Nomar Mazzara. Or Shinsu Chu. Everyone loves Shinsu Chu. Anyone who's an Indians fan loves Shinsu Chu. One of the great, really one of the one of the great players to come out of the Indian system over the last decade or so. Oh, for sure, yeah. Well, he, I mean, just, he still gets on base a lot. He just can't do anything else. But no, yeah, yeah. He hits for no power. Well, yeah. that's the thing. He hits for moderate power, gets on base a decent amount, and then whatever. But now he hits a DH. So yeah. <sighs> Anyway, so, the AL Central is garbage and it's depressing. <laughs> Go on. I, I think that's the, 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 the thesis here. But in my mind, like the, the line between tanking and rebuilding is just where like why the losing is happening. If you're just a badly a poorly built team, that yeah. to me is just rebuilding. But I think tanking is when, when your players and coaches are actively trying to, have to win, which is crossing another terrible line. That's why I never really like like the term tanking a whole lot, is because if the players are trying to win, like that's fine. You can have a bad team you're just a bad team it doesn't mean you're tanking but then there's well, teams no. like the rangers where you wouldn't there's no reason for them to go out and try to win at this point so why wouldn't they just rebuild which they're not necessarily tanking they're just doing the smart thing which i don't think is well i mean a tank is merely is merely part of a rebuild it's just the most 
players can always try to win, right? Right. Like, I don't think they're not trying. It just you, you get really bad ones who can't succeed at it no matter how hard they try. The Tigers have not succeeded at that aspect of it, which is interesting. The Astros right. succeeded you know, by a gangbusters. Then the Reds, <laughs> same idea. Yeah. The Marlins, interesting. Very interesting. But yeah, in, all those, in all those cases, the players were trying, at least I would hope. Right. They were just yeah. very bad at it. Like, I mean, you look at the like, – come on. You look at the White Sox roster and it's just – because <laughs> if you're a Never player mind. not trying there's something deeply wrong with i mean right. you're, you're basically just losing so they can replace you i mean and there's yeah, no exactly. reason for a player not to win that's, that's unless you're a guy like at this point chris davis who just hates his own life and is <laughs> showing up and he's getting paid do you realize his contract runs through 2022 i realized i was talking to my dad yesterday and i was looking at his contract I was like that's the worst contract that's the worst contract than the miguel cabrera contract because at least miguel cabrera has the the draw of going to see a formal Triple Crown winner. Oh, no. They, they got their money out of Miguel Cabrera, right? When, when did they make that the big deal he's on now? Oh, no. He's still on. He still has like six, like six more years on that one, man. Well, I mean, if you get like uh, those kind of deals, you know you're going to get the bad back end. You're signing him just for like the, the few good ones, right? Like I don't consider that a bad one necessarily. Um, but it's Chris Davis when he's bad the whole way through. Right. Like, he was bad like, when they signed. Right. Exactly. But like I think when, when Cabrera's uh, – extension kicked in was i didn't think you think it kicked in until this year oh that's bad uh <laughs> that's real bad yeah well he started making 30 million dollars this year when did he sign that contract do 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 but see if, if it was a while ago and they wanted just i mean they didn't get the world series out of it obviously but they made a couple trips to it so maybe it was if that's okay, what you so, get then it's worth it so he signed it in 2016 Ooh, that's bad. Was when he signed that big contract. <laughs> Since then, he's been worth 4.7 wins above replacement in 2016, negative 8, and then half. So he's been worth 4.4 wins in the last three years, and, and he'll have been paid by the end of the He's out for the rest of the year. They signed uh, him to a nine-year deal when he was 34, 33. Yes, yes, they did. Okay, and that's he's already, <laughs> Yes, and he's made now 28 plus... $90 million in the last three years, and he's been worth four wins. <laughs> so the one that would illustrate my point in a way that makes sense is if Albert Pujols was good for even like one or two years. Even but he was then, just awful. not really. Yeah, exactly. Like if they, if you'd gotten a World Series or two out of him, maybe. Right. Yes. And that's, I think that's completely worth it. If you win a World Series and you, you basically cripple yourself financially for a few years, that's worth it at this point. Well, like the, the Cabrera deal in, in particular was a – You've been so good for us. And yeah, right. sure, we've already given you two, four, six, eight, ten, forty million, hundred forty million dollars, but here's another two hundred and fifty. Yeah. That's the epitome Although, of, of paying for what he's done, not what he could do for right, you. Exactly. And again, I mean that, that, that this still has some sort of a draw, whereas there's no draw to Chris Davis. He hit fifty four home runs a few, a few years ago. Yeah. And this, this all come back around. He's a very easy oh. swing and he might hit one every every few games, but he's ugh. It all comes back around to why the AL Central is so bad when teams do stuff like that. And it really, I mean, just the Royals in particular, I think, are just a microcosm of, of bad management. I still, Billy Bean was heralded as some sort of a genius. And like, I still don't, that whole two year run, I just don't know what the hell was happening. And they just kind of kept on winning. And then it all fell apart. And then they signed Alex Gordon again for a, this, what he's done for me deal. Mm hmm. The Mustakis deal, I think, was a very smart deal because it didn't give him a long-term deal. But beyond that, like the Perez deal was a bad one. I just he's a, not he's a good defensive catcher, but 
I think he, he's already seen his best offensive years. The pitching is just a trash heap. It's, you know. And they tried to sign Eric um, Eric Hosmer. Like, imagine if they would have landed that deal, how stupid that would have been. That looks so boneheaded. Now they're paying Abraham Monte to play baseball. Fools. <laughs> you fools. <laughs> and, and the Royals, they just drafted so bad. So I remember Bubba, or Bubba Starling. I think he's in AAA right now, and he's awful. Mm-hmm. That's such a good um, baseball name, too. Well, it's a more of a 1960s baseball name than a 2020 baseball name. You know, I, I think that's the problem. They, they draft baseball <laughs> names based on 40 years ago, not now. See, the Indians have players have... like Bauer and Lindor. Those are baseball mm-hmm. names. Those are good ba- modern ba- – I mean, and that's the thing. Like Mike Moustakis, Abraham Almonte, those are good modern modern names. It just didn't work out. Alex Gordon, same thing. Right. He was good for a little while, though, and it, it kind of worked. But This is good analysis. This is – You know, I, I've like always been big into – I've been into I've been big into name analysis for a long, long time. Jacob, they really got into the first letter, uh, first letter kind of thing, where they're the same letter. You know, Mike Mustakis, Abraham Almonte, Jacob Junis, Danny Duffy. Wow, that's a lot of on this team. <laughs> that's what they're drafting for. They have nothing else. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. We will get more guys. In the, same, it's the same name twice. Chelsea Cuthbert. Oh my God, there's another one. <laughs> that's literally John, their only. And Whit Merrifield is just the W upside down. They went a little different that time. Oh, so. Man. And you know it kind of worked out for him. Yeah, right. Drew Butera, a, a D is just a B with no line through the middle. Hmm. We've discovered their secret and why they're awful. As Paul, long as they're named... Orlando, two O's at the end. There it is. As long as they're, um, I was going to say alliter- alliteration, and they also don't say bad words on their Twitter, they can be drafted by the Royals. I don't, I don't think they're allowed to like porn either. Right? No, they can't do that. Can't Wasn't that the rule? No pornography. Okay, that was, that was um, what is it? Their whack ass GM. What's his name again? <laughs> <laughs> he said Dayton Moore Dayton Moore yeah. <laughs> when that came out I tweeted like a dog that was like I had like sunglasses on I was looking behind it when they did that whole pornography thing I was like what do you think of this to the Royals Twitter account I just wanted I hope Dayton Moore sees that somehow and, and mm-hmm. just hates me because <laughs> yeah. get that let's go tribe <laughs> I hate that one what guy let's go tribe pornography on my Twitter account <laughs> I don't know, the Royals are just weird and they're bad. Yeah. Um, Division's trash. What can you yeah. do? Indians are uh, reaping the benefits and not taking advantage of it. Yeah. It's great. Um, so one way they can um, is some guy who's actually, I think, I don't know if he's with them now, but he, he visited because he got his leg surgery and now he can kind of walk, so why not go oh, watch yeah. baseball? Mike Napoli, um, Zach Mizell wrote on The Athletic about it. Um, he had surgery in May. He tore his uh, ACL and meniscus, but he's he's back now. He's not going to play, obviously, for all of us, but he's training to play next year. He's going to be 37 when he plays, if he does. Um, but he said in the Zach Mizell piece, quote, I'd love to manage one day. That's something I'd love to do and feel like I'd be good at it, to be able to manage people and get the best out of people. I know the game, and with the relationship I have with Terry Francona, I'm pretty sure that in his organization, I'd be able to start somewhere from the bottom up and try to move my way up and able to do that. Um, yes, I am all for that. Um, wasn't there stuff in like 2016 that he was bridging racial divides in the locker room? I mean, like... Yeah, playing cards huge with, uh, yeah, with Jose Ramirez and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like him and I think Juan Uribe is an underrated part of that, too, is getting Jose yeah. Ramirez out of his shell. But but I love the idea of Coach Napoli. Even if it's in the minors, a bench coach, something, I want him sticking with the Indians. I think that'd be great. The only reason I think he won't stick with the Indians is just the way we've seen managers go now is they don't do the thing where they used to, you know, go through the minors and learn how to manage with the minors. They just are hired as a major league manager. You know, uh, Gabe Kapler, um, others, guy in Philly. <laughs> Gabe Kapler. Uh, Brian Snedeker, maybe? I don't know. I, there, there's a couple of them out there. Um, Craig Council? Yeah, 
Craig Council. Um, but yeah, just guys who are just young dudes who Brad Osmus. Uh, that one worked out well. Yeah, not really. <laughs> uh, but no, it's just the teams. Whatever used to be valued with the old salt as far as managing is no longer valued. So you just get someone who's just not too far away from the game, but who also knows how to manage talent, which is why I think Napoli could find himself managing a team within three years, quite honestly. Um, you figure the – who's the manager of the uh, – Alex Cora. You figure if Alex Cora doesn't win a World Series in a couple of years in Boston, they'll get angry at him, they'll fire him, and they'll bring in Mike Napoli. It's a perfect choice. No facial hair on Cora, facial hair on Napoli. Former <laughs> player, former player. Boom. That's all you need. Uh, I've always thought that Josh Tomlin would be a good manager also. Uh, same idea. See, you know, a, a middling talent, but who – I'm not calling Napoli's wow. talent all that middling, of course. He had a couple of great years, but you know, so did, so did Tomlin. But I think Tomlin would be a good – manager as well i always thought that'd be a good choice yeah. now, you um, mentioned the boston as a landing spot but i mean what about the indians how long is wasn't there talk of like terry francona might be gone in a right. couple of years just because of his own health i mean there's right. that's another big i mean if the indians really like mike napoli maybe they give him something somewhere with the assurance that you can coach when terry francona leaves they might even have i mean we would never hear about it but there might be someone somewhere along the way who knows that for sure terry francona has this many years that he left that he wants to coach and right if and the indians like, know and, that maybe they line him up uh, and, and that makes sense to me. I mean, how old is Frank Conner? He's, he's nearing 70, isn't he? Yeah, and he's had health issues too. So. And he's had health Yeah, I mean, all those popsicles. Damn. <laughs> uh, he is 59. 59. Oh, so he's, he's younger than I thought. Okay, so I mean, I, I think if he managed until he was... I don't know. I think he managed another five years is the thing. I mean, how how long of that will be in Cleveland is another good question, but... You know, the Indians have never been a team to cut bait on managers unless they were really bad, you know. And he managed with the Red Sox for one, two, three, four, five, six, eight years. He's been with the Indians for six. You give him another two here, at least that's 2020. It's weird that he's with the Red Sox so long. I know, right? It's, yeah. it's, I mean, he was there for forever, but he took a three-year break between the Phillies and the Red Sox, too. Interesting. Um, but... I think Napoli would be an interesting choice. Yeah, and he's the kind of guy who, A, I think has the right mentality, and B, is still the young guy not too far from the game who someone would pick up. So, yes, I think the Indians are a good landing place. I just don't know if Francona is that close to retirement. I mean, again, maybe the health issues are worse than I think. Maybe. I think it might be pretty close. I think I remember, like, Maybe it's just I made it up in my head, but I thought there was talk like in a couple of years he could be potentially on the way out, but I don't know. Maybe five years is the, the line. Although yeah. if it is Napoli, like if that does happen, if Terry Fricona steps down as Napoli, I wonder how pissed Sandy Alomar would be at that point. Yeah, that man, <laughs> I was thinking about that. That dude is never going to manage, is he? Ever. <laughs> Poor guy. He's always the other guy who's interviewed yeah. who, when, when, when someone gets hired, and he's just never going to manage a baseball team, and it sucks. And maybe he's maybe he interviews horribly. I don't know. But he's been... One of the names in every, like, it seems like in every major opening in the last decade. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. And it always seems like he's on, like, the cusp of leaving, too. And then it just never happens. Right. Exactly. And just, yeah. Terrible interviews. Maybe he just thinks he's, he plays basketball when he gets the interviews. Or football. Or well, <laughs> just you forgets know, what like sport he's doing. I like to work the pick and roll. Wait a minute. What? <laughs> uh, you know, motion offense. Listen, just go with the shotgun, and then we're good. <laughs> yeah, you know, we'll run a shotgun. Uh, get in the pistol formation. We'll get a little motion going on, and uh, you know, set a couple of picks. 
Uh, I don't know. Insert rugby term here. I don't know any. And right. there we'll we go. We'll give you a call soon, Sandy. We're going to make that the end of the interview. <laughs> okay, that's enough for us. Okay, I just I don't let you know I can really saute a good mushroom. <laughs> what? Uh, that's that's probably how it goes. I don't know. I, I'd have to imagine the, the the hierarchy now is probably Sandy up there close. Because if not, I would just leave if I were him. He's been this close so many times, and then at the same time, he has such a. I mean. First base coach is the best job. You don't even have yeah. to wave your arms, guys, around, around a second. You know, there's no, there's no pressure at all. You're just a nice guy to hang out with in the dugout sometimes, and then you go and stand out in the sun for a couple. For a you just while. say good game or a good hit once in a yeah. while, and smack their butt. Say, don't steal now, and then there you go. Easy as pie. Yeah. Um, so, what do you say we answer some questions, Merritt? Knock them out. We already kind of answered one. So the the other half of I got to pull it up here again. Um, totally not stalling because I put it in my done folder in Inbox, which is a really cool feature. There it is. Nope, wrong one. That's better field trip. Wait, how did the Indians win 92 games in 2013 and not make the playoffs? They did make they the did playoffs. They did make the playoffs. Okay, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the big game. Um, so totally not Alexi Ogando, Alex Orlando. Um, the second part of his question was directed at me. I feel like I'm being called out here. He said, "Why do you hate Jensen Lewis?" <laughs> so I mean, I don't. Um, if anybody who follows Let's Go Tribe on Twitter, I guess me on Twitter too, there's never a whole lot of uh, nice things about Jensen Lewis. I don't hate him as a person. I don't know him as a person, obviously. But but as someone who watches baseball, who cares about baseball, it just seems to me that he's he's not very good for baseball. And like the idea of him talking about the Indians more is just awful to me. <laughs> he's just so anti like anything slightly new that might challenge his thinking that it's just painful to listen to and... I just don't like listening to the guy. I guess I can understand why he appeals to some people, like the older mentality kind of people. But if you care about baseball, like where it's going and the Mm -hmm. idea of pushing it forward and watching it in a more interesting way, Jensen Lewis is not the guy really to listen to. There's never a whole lot that he adds outside of just the same rehashed old things he listens to over and over again. That's, that's basically how I feel about Jensen Lewis. I mean, Rick Manning is that same kind of thing too, but at least he's entertaining to listen to and he's (laughs) – uh, at times he is. I just don't see any redeeming thing about Jensen. I'm sure he's a great guy, but I'm not a big fan of of how he represents baseball and how to watch it, I guess. And, I mean, that's kind of a poison, too. It's kind of across baseball, right, whether it's a writer or a commentator or whatever. It's just so often do guys, these guys concentrate on the things that aren't cool about baseball or not good or, or quote-unquote, the sport is dying or what have yeah, you. Yeah. And when, in reality, we have more talent than ever and – there's more young talent than ever before. I mean, Francisco Lindor might be one of the greatest players in history for all we know before his career is over. Mike Trout is that already, but all, instead all we hear about is how the game is dying and changing too much. We need to stop shifts and strikeouts and all these things. And the, the game, the way the game is played these days, just isn't the right way. I mean, I'll be the first to admit sometimes it's a little boring. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit too, you know, th- true outcome I guess. But at the same time, like, if you can sit there and just complain about the way the game is or, I don't know, and, and Lewis does have a – I'm with you on, on this. I mean, I, I, I'm not a big fan of Jensen Lewis. He seems to complain about things that don't you don't need to complain about, um, you know, small ball crap that doesn't have any that, – that, if anything, would probably wound the Indians' chances of winning in a lot of times. And yeah, sometimes you do need to be able to – get a run in from third. But, I mean, it's, it's not something to harp on when they lost the game 9-2 to two or 
what they won the game, you know, five to th- five to four or something like that because the pitching was there. So I don't know. Guys like that are just curmudgeons who are only forty five years old. It's a little much. Like <laughs> the, the game is as, is should be as healthy or more healthy than ever, but instead we have we have everyone focusing on the negatives instead of the positives. And yeah, is there any sport like that more than baseball that just kind of hates itself? Right. Like it's just like, it's such a, there's such a self loathing. There's such a right. focus on why. Like I, I remember my dad said this to me a long time. Like he grew up in the fifties, the quote unquote golden age of baseball. No one went to games back then, dude. No one wanted no a no one wanted to go into the inner city, and b it was just no one went to games because TV was there. It was just and I don't know if you go and watch games from like the '60s and stuff like that. Like if you, if you look in the stands, like even a Yankee Stadium, like when Mickey Mantle was there, there was this the seats were empty half the time. People just didn't go. Like the, the tennis was was in the was in the tank. It's again, it's as healthy as it's ever been. It makes more money than ever, but. If you talk to certain people, it's just it's it's gonna die next week, and that's it. They might as well just shut the whole league down because what's the point? We don't have an otherworldly talent playing his trade in Anaheim right now. A guy who literally might be the best player of all time, like without hyperbole. And instead, we just hear about how guys swing too hard, <laughs> and they dare swing the ball up in the air, and I don't like that. Right? Like move the ball. I don't know. <laughs> New things are scary, but even like I think basketball kind of went through this a little bit when there was uh, more emphasis on three pointers. But now everybody's just kind of gotten over it. Unless maybe it's just I'm on the outside, I don't notice it as much. But it seems like basketball adapted more, and they were way better at just accepting it and growing. And I, I think what happened there too is I mean Stephen Curry just proved that he wasn't just a good guy at shooting threes. He's a legend. Like when a truly legendary singular talent shows up that does a thing that's that the, you're complaining about breaking the league, and you realize this guy would be great at any time ever, and, and legends all agree on that. Maybe that helped, but which is harder to do in baseball, you know? Like, yeah, maybe the problem, if anything, with Mike Trout is he's not great at any one thing. You know, he's amazing at a lot of stuff, but he's you know he's always it's it's surprising to look at how how few times he's like led the league in things. You know, like up until this like this year, he's leading the the leading baseball in home runs. He's never actually done that. He's led the league in, he's led baseball in RBIs once. He's never had won a batting title. The last three years he's led in on base percentage. But like these are like things like, like it's like walks and not striking out and things like that that he like leads baseball in. It's not things that really blow you off, you know, just you know, knock your socks off. Instead it's just total bases you know like he's already has 2,000 total bases in his career which is a crazy number but it means nothing to me at the same time so yeah he's just overall great and just not yeah that's just kind of weird yeah yeah Yeah. so I think this whole perception of baseball thing kind of feeds into the next question um Kent Driscoll on Facebook he asks why does our offense sputter seems like the players go on hot streaks separately and never as a team sort of frustrating too many good hitters on this team and I believe they're averaging three to four runs a game in June can't win on those numbers I think every team does that and every I think the Indians' droughts are longer now than when they're great, but I think every team they just sputter once in a while, and it just it just and nobody pays attention to when they're really good. They just enjoy it and love it. And then when they're really bad, yeah. it's like oh, this always happens. This is the way it always is. But it's yeah. not like that's just baseball. I think, and it's part of the reason. No, maybe not why people don't like baseball, but like in basketball, if you're good, you're just good all around. You just lose some games once in a while. But baseball, you go through long stretches where you are really bad. Even yeah. like a hundred win team is going to be bad for a while, but. 
I don't think the Indians' offense is any worse off. Other than April, that was miserable for a long stretch of time. But now that they're normal offense and the temperature's warmed up, I think they're just they're an offense now. They're their scoring is down a little bit in June. I don't think it's too terrible, but um, Edwin's obviously really slacking now. Um, he's struggling. But then you have Lindor, Ramirez, and Michael Brantley at the top of the lineup, who are great, even though they're mm. they're a little worse than they were in May. But um, and then Jason Kipnis is. We had another question about him: is when will the tribe give up on Jason Kipnis after tonight? I don't think they are. Um, but I don't know. It's just kind of how baseball works, and the Indians are just a regular offense now. They're probably not going to win twenty two games in a row again. But um, what do you is it? What do you think? Is there a reason the offense is sputtering? Well, or I are think they sputtering? The first half of his question. Um, I hesitate to say that they have a lot of great hitters. They have three great hitters. Well, he did say good. Uh, Too many good hitters. <laughs> I even even then, I mean, they have guys who have a history of being good. But I mean, you have to. I mean, I love Edwin Encarnacion a lot, and the signing was very cool. He's thirty five years old, and he's a slugger. Expecting him to perform the same exact way he did last year is a little bit out of hand. I don't. I think he was going to be a very. I, Never expected to be more than the third or fourth best hitter on the team this year. And if you did expect that, then, well, I mean, I understand that. I like that. I like him too. But, you know, whatever. I mean, but outside of the three you mentioned and Lonnie Chisenhall, who, I don't know, Matt. I think he's good. I can't tell. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's another one who's just streaky. No, exactly. He is. And I mean, he's a platoon guy, yes. But at the same time, he's not really a platoon guy if you look at his platoon splits. Uh, ever since he started using that axe bat with the neat handle, I think he, what, about a year ago now, he's really turned into a very good hitter. Yeah. But I mean, outside of that, Jan Gomes strikes out a ton. He's a good catcher hitter. Uh, Jan Alonso has yet to really replicate anything he's done. He did a year ago and has always been about a league average hitter. Jason Kibnis is. Yeah. Brandon Geyer, again, platoon guy. <laughs> Who was that uh, one right before Brandon Geyer there? You came to Jason Kidman. I believe one. I said Jason Kidman. Yeah. No, <laughs> oh, okay. That's the thing. I mean, it's just there, there's a reason why I think that they should trade for a bat. Like, they're not that great of an offense. They have three amazing hitters, a couple decent hitters, and then seven, eight, nine is trash. Like, it's, it's going to be some collection on any given day of Raja Davis or Greg Allen or Roberto Perez or Eric Gonzalez. And that's not winning. That's not going to win you a lot of games. So no, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just the, it's not a great, it's always been a team built around its pitching staff. And if you give them four runs, you should usually win the game. It's just part of that pitching staff is not what it once was. So it's going to look a little bit uglier in the, in the standings, um, if they could again find another bat, if one of these guys could figure it out, if Lonnie Chisenhall can, you know, hit like this the rest of the year, hell yeah, this is a very good team. But they, they have the depth of a lineup like the Astros or the Royals, not the Royals, Jesus, the Red Sox or the Yankees or whoever. They just don't do that. They just don't have it. They didn't have it last year, really. I mean, and losing Carlos Santana really sucks. Um, but yeah, they're just, they're not that good. They're not that great of a hitting team. They're a good hitting team, but I wouldn't call them anything more than top, you know, 10th best in baseball at best. Right. Yeah. I think they sort of, I don't know if it's even on purpose, but they seem to get all these streaky guys and just hope they'll all be streaking into the playoffs, I guess. Cause Edwin, Yonder Alonso, maybe it just comes with signing sluggers, but it seems like they're almost targeting these guys who are bad for stretches, but they can also be 
like all stars for stretches and then just hoping they hit at the right time, which might be the right strategy after all. I don't know. I guess we'll see. I mean, hey, no, I mean, we, we've seen, you know, one guy can carry a team for a couple of weeks or win it, right. you know, win again, especially when things get tight, when, you know, when one run can mean so much. Right. Um, again, we'll see. I mean, it, it, maybe last year was a fluke year under Alonso. I don't know. Uh, running run scoring is down overall this year. I think home runs are down overall this year. Maybe they did something to the ball again. I don't know. That really sucks for someone like him who made such an abject change to the way he, he approaches the game as a whole. But yeah. again, they're not a great offense. They're good. They're a pretty good offense with a great starting rotation and a <sighs> shitty bullpen. So <laughs> on that fun note, Merritt, uh, that's going to be our podcast this week. Um, Anything fun that you do? What do you do? What do I do? I don't know. I said <laughs> anything fun over the next week. So that's not fun. Uh, what do I do? <laughs> anything baseball related you're looking forward to? Any uh, any ideas yes. you got cooking up? Not there? this not this week, but uh, Mike Trout's coming to Baltimore at the end of the month, and I'm going to go and see that because I have the Orioles. That's I, yeah, dude. Cheap tickets, baby. <laughs> Manny Machado. They got this beer there called bleacher beer made by a flying dog those of you who can get your hands on any flying dog always great beer but it's this like just if you read about it on their website it's an eminently crushable lager it's just a nice beer to drink in the sunshine <laughs> i wish it wasn't seven dollars yeah <laughs> that's how they describe it i wish it wasn't seven dollars for a can but it's a ballpark what can you do if it was like five my god um so yeah that beyond that i don't know maybe i'll go to a nats game we'll see how it goes well there we go the more I list these things, you'll recognize where I live. <laughs> Somewhere in Texas, I think. Uh, I'm just jealous man. that you live near two baseball teams. My it's nearest is cool. the Elmira Pioneers, Merritt. Elmira Pioneers. <laughs> I don't I'm even know where that, that is. That is the star of the Perfect Game Collegiate Baseball League, which houses, what is it? It's like, it's mostly just college players who come over after the college season and play for a couple oh, months. That's kind of cool, though. I mean, you, could, it is I really mean, you neat, see yeah. some na- some names who might be names, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of errors. It's really fun to watch. It's, I'll say this: what I'm sad about is that I, I don't live near uh, more minor league baseball because I love minor league baseball. See, I it's cheap, fun. It's it's the best. There must be something near you no. somewhere. If you look Are on you... a map of like minor league teams, there's me and there's like a a 50 mile radius where there's nothing. The closest is the Binghamton Mets, like an hour away. Oh, the B Mets. Yeah, or the Binghamton Rumble Ponies is what. They're oh, that's now. right. They're the Rumble Ponies now. <laughs> what a great look. What a great name. <laughs> But I do have the Williamsport Crosscutters within driving distance, which is where like the the um, Little League World Series is played. So right. they have a really yeah. nice field. So that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, and anyway. then I'm uh, <laughs> trying to beat Metal Gear Solid Five, but I think I'm uh, I don't know. I don't think I'm about it anymore. It's it's not as good. It's missing something. Welcome to 2015, Merritt. That's where the rest of us are. Oh, I know. I'm trying. I mean, <laughs> I got nothing to buy until Death Stranding comes out. So I got another <laughs> what two and a half years for that. So I got nothing. I got nothing going on. All right, man. We'll talk to you next week. Everyone else, see you later.